Welcome back to another episode of Keeping Tabs with Tabitha. Again, I'm Tabitha Crock, and we have an amazing guest today. Um, But first, I just want to say thank you for listening. And if you're following me, please subscribe to my Spotify, YouTube, or iTunes channel to keep up to date with all the great content, amazing interviews. So today we are going to talk to Renee Johnston, and we're going to talk about uh, the workforce and what's going to happen after quarantine after the pandemic is over. So um, here we go. All right. I have Renee Johnston with me today and she was part of my video project and now I've got her on my official Keeping Tabs podcast. So thank you so much, Renee. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. I love that you're doing a podcast. Yeah, this has been fun and I'm meeting some great people and I'm getting to like reconnect with some of my good friends. Um, So Renee, really quickly, just kind of tell people that are listening what you do um, and a little bit about your business. Okay, great. Um, I have a company called Employee Engagement Solutions. We focus on improving culture retention and profitability by uh, helping you build more engaged teams and to develop top quality learning and development experiences. So that's kind of what led me to dive into the topic that we are discussing today. Exactly. And Renee is a public speaker, amazing woman, um, inspirational, um, and you know, entrepreneur. So I'm really excited to chat with you, especially about this topic. I've actually talked to this about when you brought it up to me, I was like, this is perfect because this is what so many people are talking about. What's going to happen after COVID and when things kind of go back to normal, there's going to be some, there's gonna be a lot of changes. So kind of touch on that. There's like a couple you said, there's three main ones, but kind of talk about what uh, we're going to see after the COVID, after the pandemic, what is going to happen in the workforce? Sure, sure. Well, yeah, I wanted to focus a little bit today on this kind of this idea of what will we see in this post-COVID workplace, Mm -hmm. given that we are not post-COVID yet. I'm very well aware that we are very much still in the thick of COVID. And so this is all, I'm sure, still very dynamic and Mm -hmm. kind of in flux. But in you know the work that I do, it's important that I have a really good understanding of what's going on internally um, uh, with organizations so that I can do my best work. So I did some research of what the experts in the field are predicting uh, we're going to see as a result of everything that's going on. I looked at work by Gartner and Deloitte and All Work and uh, as you mentioned, came up with a kind of three main areas of change that we're going to see. And I thought we talk a little bit about those. Now they are, I'm focusing on the human elements and there is a lot that involves technology, whether it's uh, data collection or artificial intelligence and, and aspects of that that are not my area of expertise, not to say they won't affect my work and have a, you know, it's all very interconnected and it will play a significant role in, in the trends that we see, but not where we're focusing today. Perfect. Okay. Uh, three main areas of change. The first one that I wanted to talk about was simply geography. You know, where mm-hmm. are we physically going to be located? I've already seen obviously a very, you know, significant amount of change in that um, and with that aspect of work, so many people working remotely, primarily working from home, and we've seen major companies, leaders uh, that we look to for trends in 
strong culture and highly functioning work environments like Facebook, Twitter, Square, nationwide, you know, making substantial changes in uh, shifting toward a more remote workplace. And so, of course, that's part of it, working remotely or working from home. Um, but in addition to that, I mean, I guess the trend there is it's here to stay, right? Oh, Where, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I have friends that are talking about this. This is a, this is a something I've just been talking to a couple of my friends. One of my friends works for um, like world health and what's going, I mean, she's right in the thick of things, but she's like, yeah, I start my morning now at 6am because I talk to people over in Europe mm -hmm. and I'm done by midday. And she goes, I'm really productive and how much I get done. Um, so just like that's, I mean, tons of that conversation, how many people are loving working from home? I love, I, you're absolutely right. And for some people it's, it's an ideal situation and that has kind of ripple effects too that we're going to talk about um, as we go through some of these topics. In addition from, uh, in addition to working from home, people are also, organizations are looking at um, other options for, you know, where are we physically going to locate. Yeah. Some are going to stick with traditional models. Soon as we get through the, the worst of this, it'll be back to business as usual. And that and that's okay if that works for you and it's safe and healthy and, and productive. But many are taking this opportunity to just, you know, pull back a little and see what else might be available, what might be uh, on the table for a, a different model of a yeah. physical work environment. And so it might be that, uh, you know, there's a big trend. Of course, one of the supporting trends is toward de-densifying the workplace. You know, not having so many people crowded into a given space. So it might be uh, a splitting time. One team comes in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Second team comes in Thursday, Friday, something like that. It may be that um, we go to more of a... I'm going to say this wrong. Why can't I hub and spoke model where instead of one large um, physical office space or uh, work environment, we have satellite smaller mm. spaces, right? Um, and co-working is a big trend too. And I don't know if you've seen Tabitha, we've had some really great co-working spaces that are available in our area and some new ones that have opened, but that offers so much opportunity for people, um, the organizations, you know, they can leverage co-working for their team members and their employees, but also entrepreneurs. I mean, yeah. look, it. not everybody, I'm glad your friends are having good experience working from home. <laughs> but not everyone is, right? <laughs> exactly. And well, in the co-working spaces, I like because there's a, there's a possibility for a partnership or meeting new people that way that your companies or entrepreneurs can work together. I love the co-working stuff, but yeah, I've, I've heard more good than bad. So yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and that's great. But if you, you know, if you are somebody who leans toward, um, you know, being more productive with a little structure or privacy or distance from the home environment, you know, co-working is, is another very appealing opportunity and another trend we're going to see, like I said, not just leveraged by individuals and entrepreneurs, but by organizations themselves. So it's pretty interesting. Um, another trend we're seeing in terms of the, the geography, um, and this is maybe a, a little off the physical environment, but in terms of the makeup of the workforce, organizations are leaning toward more contingent, hiring more contingent workers, 
contractors and temporary workers and, and things like that. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, I get hired for that stuff all the time. People are like, I just need you to help me for the next couple of months. I'm like, I actually love it too. Cause it's just like a fun project. You get to help somebody and then they grow with it. Yeah, I agree. No, I get that. And you and I both, you know, we have, they call it what the, the gig economy, right? And so, mm -hmm. um, you know, we both tend to benefit by that uh, philosophy that organizations uh, embrace and they'll probably do be doing it more and more. Now we're, again, another uh, aspect that we're going to focus on in a little more depth coming up is the focus on productivity and uh, getting the work done as opposed to some of the, um, shall we say, busy work that, uh, <laughs> that uh, yes. environment. So yeah, so those are some of kind of the, the major trends that uh, have to do with geography and there'll be some kind of interesting ripple effects. You know, mm. what's going to happen in commercial real estate when so many organizations say, are used to um, needing 40,000 square feet of office space and now they need 10 or now they need none, you know? And so it'll be really interesting to see what happens there. And I don't have a, a crystal ball. I'm reporting on what, you know, um, people who uh, have access to good resources and uh, sources in general of, of solid information are expecting that we'll see coming up. Another uh, aspect of the physical office environment that'll be interesting to, to watch is uh, what happens with the design of spaces themselves. Oh, yeah. that's a great point. Yeah. Just like the more of the, I guess, comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I know that's been something and, you know, I've, I've done a bunch of research and I've read a bunch of stuff about how, how much you need breaks and how much you need to like, let, cause I don't get enough. I don't get done great work if I'm sitting there for eight hours. I get feel like nothing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you know, I have a lot of friends and colleagues in architecture and design, and we've been having these conversations. Uh, I have a friend working on a new uh, project for a financial institution, yeah. and there's some kind of cool cutting edge things from a design perspective that they're going to be integrating into this, into this new space. And this is, you know, as a result of what's going on in our world right now. So it'll be really interesting to watch and see what, what the model of a, a retail environment or bank environment, um, you know, looks like in the next few years physically. That's a good point. Yeah, for sure. I didn't even think about that. The retail and bank, I mean, that's a whole different, those are two different, huge different, different sides of the spectrum and what they're going to look like. Yeah, absolutely. So the second area of change that I wanted to discuss with you was that uh, we touched on it just briefly, um, organizations having a more intense focus on well-being. Now, we like to think that that's always been the case, um, you know, that's organizations and leaders are doing that because it's the right thing to do, and primarily they are, but this has brought it much, much more front and center. So yeah. we're seeing as a result of that, some of the trends we're seeing are that we expect to see and are seeing to some degree now, you know, just a much more, uh, more strongly focused on physical, mental, and financial security, you know, mm -hmm. beyond just providing PPE, you know, uh, really tuning into all of those aspects of well-being of their team members. I think you were on the webinar I did about, um, 
keeping your team members engaged while working virtually. And we had a lengthy conversation about how important it is for leaders to really be tuned in to their yeah. team members, especially while working remotely and being more isolated and not having the social connection. And I think that is one of those uh, um, behaviors uh, and practices that has come about as a result of this that hopefully is here to stay and, and maybe a little bit of a, a silver lining. I know I always hear, it makes me think of, I always hear those, uh, the introvert friends are like, go and check on your extrovert friends because they're struggling right now. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Yeah, it's really important. Uh, another trend under this heading of uh, focus on well-being is revisiting and uh, stressing the importance of work-life balance, right? I know we talk about that in you know, we've been talking about it for years and it comes up in just about every yes. uh, conversation. But the fact is, it if we're going to avoid burnout, organizations have to be mindful of their team members' work-life balance because, it, you know, when you're working virtually, and tell me if you're guilty of this, uh, you know, there's nothing that you know, not, there isn't that strong impetus, impetus to stop uh, working and move on at five yeah. o'clock or five thirty. You know, you're on a roll, and before you know it, it's eight o'clock, or you're revisiting something or deciding to get back into your email at ten thirty, and next thing you know, you're, you know, it's just out of whack. Oh, I'm completely, I'm it's completely guilty of this, especially as I think entrepreneurs or people that you know, and I work with the nonprofit stuff. It's like when, when something needs to be dealt with, I need to just deal with it. And so, yeah, it makes that it's, it's spot on. I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> yeah. And part of that, you know, the focus on well-being, uh, obviously a lot of the discussion that we hear, you know, in the news or this uh, kind of public discussion is what businesses are doing for their customer and their safety. And certainly that's of primary importance. Don't get me wrong. But the well-being that we're talking about today in terms of the trends we're seeing is, you know, really what is it that we're going to be doing for our team members? What are we going to be able to uh, see organizations focusing on internally that enhance and support that the idea of the best uh, of well-being in yeah. there yeah, of the team members? So um, another supporting trend of that will be to really examine the organization's values, right? Mm -hmm. Are they uh, walking the walk or is it just talk, right? The policies, do leadership, uh, do they model behaviors that reflect values that support this idea of a focus on well-being, mm -hmm. right? And most organizations claim to have those and usually the intention is to support those but again, it's just more front and center now than I think it ever was. Oh, and I have worked for places that you don't call in sick unless you're like dying or you, you know, you're like, well, I don't really have a fever, but I feel pretty good. But I also like have this horrible headache. Like I've always just like you, you unless you're dying, you don't call in. And now it's completely different. Like they're like, if you even have a scratchy throat, you stay home. Like you know what I mean? It's yes. completely different. Yes. There is a, a real shift in the mindset around that. And, and also, 
you know, beyond just the, the day to day, but who, who are we and what do we stand for? It's given uh, people have taken a little time to think about that. And again, that's something we're going to get into in the next section in greater detail. Uh, the last, um, well, is there, is, I'm um, interrupting you, but is there no. like a, also on like health, like as in more fitness stuff, more of those kinds, of, you're probably going right into that. And no, I just jumped ahead of you. That's my next trend. <laughs> the next trend of well-being, uh, well-being and focus on well-being has to do with the amenities of that physical environment. Mm -hmm. Okay. What sort of amenities are we going to, um, be, maybe it's, um, well, you know, we can't go to the gym so much right now. So I was going to say gym memberships versus an, you know, in uh, on-site uh, workout facility, but it might be it, some sort of exercise that they're making available to their team members or uh, just spaces that have more open air, fresh air, okay. or maybe they're more private. You know, you've got little hermetically sealed spaces, but also just in terms of encouraging well-being, maybe it's more healthy food available in the cafeteria or the break room, um, uh, all of those type of, of physical amenities that, again, support this idea of encouraging right. the well-being of their team members. Yeah, I know a few companies that support those kind of things. They get, they get a discount on stuff if they have their Fitbit challenges or that they have um, been a part of someone of mental health or well, well-being uh, programs. So I know that the like companies will offer bonuses or discounts or things like that if they are involved in those things too. Absolutely. And it's, it's a win-win. And some organizations, as you, mentioned, as you mentioned, have been doing this for a long time and it is really part of their core values and what they believe in. And others will be working toward, again, it being uh, more of a priority and something that is uh, becoming more a part of their core values and their workforce will respond positively to that. Yeah. And then they're going to get good employees from all of this. I mean, you know that, but, um, I've been seeing a bunch of people hiring right now that are like web designers or like brand brand people, or I've just been seeing all these companies hiring. So if you're not offering all these great things and these things to these employees, you're going to lose some of the, the, the good ones. For sure. Absolutely. And so those physical amenities and the uh, organizational values are part of what makes a workplace attractive to mm -hmm. a, a potential employee. And interestingly enough, that's our next section. But to kind of wrap the focus on well-being, again, we hope that organizations are always doing this because it's the right thing to do. Um, you know, they certainly recognize the value of having healthy team members. Most of them do. But ultimately, you know, if, we, if our team members are healthy, they're doing, they're more productive, they're uh, doing better work for our external customers or clients, and that's always going to be beneficial to the bottom line of the organization. So it's, again, win-win. Yes. All right. So as uh, you alluded to, we want to keep <laughs> our talent. Um, and as organizations, that means in, in this day and age, we have to step it up as employers, right? What are we offering? Why do you want to work for us? And uh, that shows up in a lot of different ways. You know, it shows up prime, you know, kind of maybe initially as a, as a shift from uh, comfort to connection, to contribution, mm -hmm. to really communicating to our team members 
how what they're doing day to day affects the big picture. And maybe even beyond benefiting the organization, how does it benefit the community? Right? Mm-hmm. I know you're a very community involved individual. And so this probably really strikes a chord with you. Um, but working for an organization, and it doesn't have to be, you know, an obvious, you know, we donate 10% back to the community type of, of correlation, but being able to see how the work that uh, the company does and the services they produce or the product they produce ultimately is a benefit and, and tying that back to whatever people are doing in their day to day adds meaning, you know, brings oh, yeah. to your, to your, um, your, nine to five, your 40 hours, your 50 hours, whatever it is, um, your 70 hours <laughs> that, uh, that I just, oh, I'm going to misquote it, but I was just hearing a really cool survey about gratitude and appreciation. And it was simply a group of people making fundraising calls and they had a, um, uh, you know, the control group and the variable group and they, uh, went ahead and expressed appreciation to one group and letting them know that uh, they really appreciated their time and the the fact that they were making these phone calls and the other group, they did not express that. And then they asked everyone if they would be willing to stay longer and make a few extra phone calls. And uh, the majority of the people that stayed longer and made the extra phone calls, as you guessed, were from the people who um, the appreciation had been expressed to earlier. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I mean, I have worked with a huge shout out to Wells Fargo, but they did that. Um, they did, they donated more of their time and then they like invested into these nonprofits and then they eventually gave money second, but they gave their time first, which I thought was brilliant. And then um, they would come in and at the boys and girls club and they donated for a whole day of like cleanup or a whole day of like volunteering for a family fun day and they, and then eventually we got some grants and stuff from them, but I thought it was really neat that, that they actually paid them to like get out there, go and be part of the community. And I think that's huge for a company. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then they get invested outside of it too. Then they're like, they kind of make it their nonprofit or their charity or whatever, whatever they're involved with. Yes. And, and that's a great example of being able to see that connection, um, from the the day-to-day work to how it benefits the big picture of the organization and then even beyond that to the greater community. You touched on um, the idea of some of these amenities being something that attracts, you know, the best and brightest and the, and the people you want to keep around Uh, beyond the physical amenities, you know, benefits. uh, That's something that uh, we're looking as a supporting trend of stepping up as an employer Benefits that reflect the current needs of the business environment. I don't know exactly what all those will be, but I can tell you that childcare comes to mind, right? You think of all of these people that are working from home, parents that are working from home and trying to juggle um, kids not in school. And we may or may not be seeing, depending on the area, depending on the situation, depending on what happens in the next few months, we may not be seeing children going back to school in a traditional model. So what does that mean? That means if you want to keep these great people working for you, then you've got to help them figure that out. And so, um, that's just one of the benefits that I think, uh, 
need to will need to uh, be available to attract top talent and keep people around uh, that uh, that you value. That's a difficult one, childcare. I mean, I know it's so important, and that's what um, that's what these people need. But it's so hard, especially with COVID, and figuring out where, how many kids you have, and what you. It's just a lot. It's a lot. It, it really is, and I will tell you, I do not have the answer. I just know the need is there and the, um, you know, discussions are being had. Um, how, how are we going to, to manage this? Because uh, if we don't, people are going to be looking to, at making changes. You know, if, I, if, if a certain person can't get back to work in a traditional environment because the childcare options are not available or they are going to be obligated uh, to doing some uh, homeschooling, they might decide, well, let's sell the house, downsize, and only one of us will work. Or maybe yeah. it's a single parent and that option isn't even on the table. So that's it, the part I was saying is like these yeah. single parents, man, oh, yeah. I can't imagine. No, it is it is complicated beyond, and uh, and the the hope is uh, again that this supporting trend does work to provide some support in that and and many other areas. Um, we touched on this this supporting trend already, but a focus on output or work that real yields results rather than the fluff and the busy work, right? And so I think that's that's a good trend that uh, we expect to see. It's something that uh, most of us find frustrating in the workplace um, <laughs> as it is. Um, so focusing on uh, output and uh, and getting things done rather than the number of hours that you put in or how many meetings you attended. If you out meeting your uh, coworker, your uh, your co team lead, and and that kind of thing. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little bit of stress in that. <laughs> I know. I know. So it, it is, I think, uh, one of the, one of the silver linings, um, mm -hmm. and all of these trends, you know, in terms of, um, this third area of change, stepping it up as an employer, all of these trends that we've talked about have come about this need to step it up as an employer has come about as a result of people having this time to think, right? Mm. We've had a little more time, a little more space. Now, some people have been crazy busy and I full on acknowledge that, but it's impossible to go some, through something like this and not have a little bit of an existential crisis or at least take a little time to reflect on what's important and maybe um, adjust your, change your priorities. And so people have thought, hmm, I really like working from home. I want to continue to do that. And if we're going to go back to traditional, then I might look for another job. Or I don't really want to work from home. I uh, like going to the office. I like the social aspect. I'm going to look for another job if that's what we're going to do. Or uh, entrepreneurs have been um, struggling with maybe the, their area, uh, their industry has been hit hard with all of this. And so they're thinking, I'm going to go back into a traditional workplace and bless their brave souls. There are still people that are, uh, have been taking this time to think, I want to start a business, right? Oh yeah. And, and I know a few people that are starting businesses and I'm just like, 
I am, that's, that's bold and that's brave. <laughs> and of course, you know, again, with things like this, opportunities do arrive and those people that are tuned into those, you know, will, will reap, I'm sure some very significant rewards. But again, you know, people are, are taking a moment to reevaluate, uh, reevaluate their priorities, make some shifts. And yeah. um, if we want to retain that top talent as an organization, we have to, we have to be offering something pretty darn attractive. Yeah. What do you, what do you recommend for some of like these employers um, to do to like keep their, I mean, I know we've talked about a few things, but do you have a couple things that like, Hey, you should be doing this to keep your employees happy or from leaving you? Yeah. Well, you know, the kind of fundamental elements of engagement still apply. If you want to keep people around, I mean, yes, certainly anything you can do to set yourself as a top employer, you know, if you pay well and you have good benefits and you have a good track record and reputation in terms of this is a yeah. solid place to work, that's all going to work in your favor. But in addition, uh, if you want to keep keep your valuable people on board, you want to make sure that they're... Uh, role is very clear and the expectations of them is very clear and they see how the work they do connects to the big mm. picture. You want to know them and they want to know that you care enough to know them, you know, so that they're allowed to work in their strengths. So I, I think that right there is one of my favorites is someone actually knows me and what fuels me. You know what I mean? Like you probably know this too. It's like, what, what is my love language? What are the things that you're going to give me and I can give you that's going to like help us both? Yes. So an organization, you know, can do these broad stroke things, but ultimately when it comes to retention, it falls to that immediate leadership. You know, they're mm -hmm. the ones that are going to know you and know your strengths and make sure that uh, the position is playing to them or you're able to position yourself to play to your strengths. Mm -hmm. And so that's incredibly important, you know, giving them the skills, tools, and resources they need to do their job well so they don't feel like they're fighting an uphill battle every day because there's something fundamental that they don't have that they should have. Um, empowering them, giving them the room to, to shine, and then, you know, just an ongoing relationship of coaching and following up and staying tuned in and, um, Consistency, yes. you know, so that people feel like they have a safe environment. They can trust what's going to happen the next day. And more so now than ever, because things are changing. Things out of our control are going to be changing all the time. And so to know that at the very least, they can rely on the values of the organization and the people that they work with most closely. So Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Yeah. So did we, did we hit them all? We did. Those are our, those are those three areas of change, you know, the geography, the physical environment, a shift to a stronger focus on well-being, and then the need to step it up as an, as an employer. And so those are kind of the three major areas and then uh, touched on those supporting trends. Yeah. And again, it's just a drop in the bucket. If this thing has taught us nothing, it's that nothing stays the same, right? How we see things today, maybe, and how we're reacting to things today, maybe completely different tomorrow. But I think, oh yeah, I think there's good stuff here. 
Oh, I think there's some positive. There's a lot of positive to what's going on. It's just, if you're willing to change and adapt and see things differently in new ways. Um, and so you go into these companies and you help them with these things exactly. And you help their management and their employees and those kind of things. Um, how can people get a hold of you if they want to hire you or work with you? What is the best way to get a hold of you? Well, thank you. Uh, really easy to find. Our website is employeeengagementsolutions.com and all the contact information is there. I am hosting a webinar on this very topic Thursday the 16th at 9 a.m. Pacific. And so uh, with that, well, I'm going to share a lot of the same information, but what I really hope to do is to hear from other people uh, that are leaders in their industry and their organizations and talk about what they're seeing and what they're struggling with and what's working for them and some of the, the good, bad, and ugly of it all. Yeah. So what do people expect when you come in and work with their team? You know, everything uh, that we do is custom designed to fit the organization. So we spend a lot of time getting to know uh, the stakeholders involved, you know, mm -hmm. who, who called, who wants to bring us in, um, and uh, getting to know the organization as, as much as possible, the dynamics, some of the history, and so that whatever recommendations we make are based on a solid understanding of their real world scenario. It's not just uh, coming in and doing a blanket set of trainings or something like that. Oftentimes, uh, training is a great support mechanism and a great, you know, uh, educational tool that helps move people through situations, but nothing like that is ever prescribed for lack of a better word until we have really spent some time analyzing the circumstances, getting to know the players and, and, uh, taking it from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Renee. And like I said, I'll tag her and everything. So if you need to get a hold of her, um, please do. And I, this was great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Per Thanks for listening to Keeping Tabs. I'm Tabitha Kroc. And if you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube iTunes, or Spotify to keep up to date on every Monday and Friday. Monday, we will talk to a different community member here in North Idaho, and then we'll end the weeks with the things that I'm passionate about, traveling, outdoors, adventures, the van life, sports, and of course, some current events. So thank you so much again, and we'll see you next time.